Welcome to the Kingdom Revival Culture Podcast, keeping you in touch with Faith Mountain Fellowship Church in Red River, New Mexico. You know, the love that Jesus Christ calls his body to is an amazing, everlasting, unconditional love. And this podcast is just one of the ways that you and I can build each other up in that love. So to start, just enjoy this message, and then please contact us with prayer requests, feedback, or anything else you'd like to discuss at fmfcpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from everyone interested in helping create a kingdom revival culture. I love off-season. <laughs> so, as we were praying just a minute ago... Um, Pastor Wayne was praying for Ben and Rachel, and um, I just felt like the Lord was telling me to make a declaration over this, and so I want you guys just to agree together with me, Ben and Rachel, if you're listening, and Jess and Clayton and Ezra, but particularly right now, Ben and Rachel need this favor with government officials so they can get this visa going, so we're just calling that forth in Jesus' name, that this week, that's going to be resolved, and they're not going to have to deal with it again, and so we just agree together in Jesus' name, and we love you guys, and we bless you in Jesus' name, amen. Um, I had an interesting morning. Uh, some of us live in the Upper Valley, we had the power go out this morning, and I don't know about you, but in the middle of the night, it sounded like uh, a really, really strong wind, and, and I heard Laney get up, and I knew the wind was supposed to be, it was forecast, and, and turned out it was rain. And, it, you know, when we can hear it on our roof, at the second story, we're down on the ground floor, we know it's really coming down. Anyway, uh, about 6.30, Laney comes in, and she wakes me up, and she says, the power's out, and I'm in this deep, deep sleep. You know, it's one of those where... I mean, I wake up and I'm like, what? You know? <laughs> and I'm looking around and, and we live in the Upper Valley. Uh, people are either on a well or we're on a spring, but you have to have electricity to have water. And so I'm so tired. I'm, I'm laying there and I'm thinking in my mind, I got to get up and I got to get a bucket and I got to get some water so we can flush commodes and whatnot. And I'm kind of laying there and all of a sudden I realize, I go, oh, wait a minute. We have a generator. <laughs> All I have to do is go out and start the generator and plug it in, and guess what? We have water and, and lights and stuff. But there's, there's something about that. The Lord has been kind of speaking to me recently, and I believe He's speaking to us as a body. Um, I think there's things that are available to us, and we're kind of missing them. In fact, I know there is. You know, God has provided everything that we need he's given us everything we need and sometimes because it gets dark or we're tired or, or whatever's happening we're not seeing the provision that God has already given us and today we're going to talk about that um, I've been talking for a while now about this unity the Lord has been speaking to us uh, that there's a unity coming to this region uh, and it's 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 a big deal you know, remember Jesus is coming back, and what he's going to do is, is bring unity of, to all of creation in heaven and earth. When he comes back, that's what the battle is all about, is Jesus is coming back, and he's taken over, and no longer is the enemy or the flesh or the world going to have input. He's going to take over. And so God is calling us as a, as a 
region, I believe is Faith Mountain is a church, but this region, which we're really committed to, you know, our, our purpose here is to see people connected to God in this region. That's what we're trying to do. We're trying through other churches and, and through individuals, we're trying to make sure that everyone in this region has the opportunity to connect to God. And then also to connect each other. That we need to connect to each other. We need to be able to connect church-wise. We need to be able to walk in a unity that's not just, uh, I'm going to get along with you. But it's we have a common vision that we're, we're involved in something bigger than ourselves. Amen? And that is, is Jesus. And we're called. We've been given authority over the earth. We've been given authority through Jesus, through his resurrection power. And we're supposed to be doing something about that. Amen? And so... That's, that's kind of what I've been talking about is, is this unity. But when the Lord spoke to me about this unity, he, remember, he gave me some numbers. I don't need to go through it all. But he said, we're a minute away from this great move of unity. Now, I don't know what a minute means with God. I don't have any idea. But there's this season, I know. Um, if you're here last week, um, you heard me talk about I woke up in the middle of the night and and I don't know why God's been speaking this way through me uh, or to me, but, you know, we're in, we're in a new season, and, and we're in this spiritual drought, right, that's all over, that's, that it's from hearing the words of God, right, and I've talked a lot about that. But I woke up in the middle of the night, and I looked at the clock, and, and for whatever reason, God's been speaking to me through numbers. And, and I woke up, and it was the number 223. It's 223 in the morning. And so I got up, and I, and I shared this last week, I know, but, but bear with me for a minute for those that weren't here. Uh, and as I'm walking to the bathroom, and I'm, I'm, I've learned to, to start giving God attention, even in the middle of the night when I'm asleep, especially during that time. Anyway, I'm, I'm just thanking Him, and, and all of a sudden, the Lord starts prophesying through me. I mean, I, I wasn't thinking about this. It, it would just, the Lord just starts speaking through me, and I, all of a sudden, I called out, and I went, this is a new season. Okay, and, and it is a new season. It was Easter, it was, you know, Resurrection Sunday, and, and you know, it was just this new season. There's skiers have closed, and spring is, has come. Winter, I love that song, winter is past. I'm like, yes. <laughs> I, lo- I love winter, but I'm really glad when it's over. I don't know about you. But I began to prophesy, it, and, and the Lord was saying, this is a new season, and it's a season of supernatural provision. Now, as I'm walking into the bathroom and I'm declaring this, and it was, it was powerful. I mean, God was speaking through me, and it wasn't something I was trying to come up with. But as I was declaring this, I'm thinking it's about the weather. Because we're in a, you know, if you listen to the weather forecasters, you know, we're in a drought. Well, right up here in the top of the mountains, we're not, you know, we don't have as much snow maybe as, as most years, but we're not in a drought. You can drive the upper valley, look up, and you know, right above the end of the pavement, it's covered in snow. And so we have some snowpack. And so we're not necessarily in a drought right here. I think Angel Fire and and even Taos to a degree, but our region is in a huge drought. And so I'm thinking as as I'm proclaiming this, I'm standing and I'm thinking, you know, this is what God's talking about is it's going to be supernatural provision. And, And that is true, by the way. You know, every week we've been standing up here and declaring that this is going to be a wet spring and we're going to have moisture. And guess what? Every week, what happens? We're getting that moisture. 
and the forecasters keep saying, well, you know, it's not, and again, it rains, again, it snows, and so we're going to continue to do that, but as I'm standing there, all of a sudden, the power goes out, it gets, it's pitch dark in this room, all right, and sorry, but you know, I'm standing there, and I know, right, I mean, I know exactly where I had this little bitty pin light, I broke it out this morning, as a matter of fact, and I, I'm thinking, it's right here, it's pitch dark, and I'm, I'm just kind of pointing in my mind, it's either right here or right here. And I turn around, and I put my hand on the counter, and it, I have this light in my hand. Um, and so, long story short, the Lord tells me, you know, well, let me, let me go back just a minute. As I'm walking around in the dark, I realize that the power's not out, it's just my little uh, nightlight. And I walk over, and I wiggle the nightlight, and it comes on, and the Lord speaks immediately. He says, in this season of supernatural provision, there's going to be a time of darkness. There's going to be a moment when it's going to seem like the power is gone and the lights are out. And he said, and you, my people, tell my people, you need to respond exactly as you did. There was no fear. There was no concern. I went, I know immediately where the light is. I walked over. I put my hand on it this morning. I went in there looking for that same light. I'm groping all around. I can't find it. I know it's somewhere. Uh, but that night, the Lord wanted to speak to me. I put my hand on that light, and he said, when you hit this, and he went, my people are going to see this darkness. There's going to be each one of us, for in whatever supernatural needs that you have, you're going to hit a time where you're not going to be sure God's going to provide. There's going to be a darkness. And it was a, it was, it was a deception. The power wasn't out. It was just that little nightlight needed to be shook. And so what I want you to hear this morning is there's right now this family that's been sitting right here. If you're wondering who the Kenny family is, they've been sitting right here most of the winter. They're in a season of darkness right now. They're in, in you, if you've lost your husband or a dad, like this young man and this wife has, I'm sure and when I talked to her the other night, of course, she was in shock, but I'm sure it just seems like the lights are out and the power's gone. And we need, as the body of Christ, right now to gather around them, okay? If you know them, you need to, to let us know. We want to be, and I've been talking to her a little bit, but we want to help them. Uh, I think at the end of the season, or the service today, I think the Lord told me we're supposed to take an offering for them. I'm pretty sure our church is going to give them some money because... They, they're in a season where they need provision, and they need supernatural provision. And the Lord said, this light's going to go out, and tell my people not to be afraid, just to look for the power. It's a deception. Okay? And so, I, I want you to hear that. I want you to believe with me that we are in a season of supernatural provision. Okay? And so, when I woke up... Um, well, that was, that was a couple weeks ago. When I woke up, that number, the clock was, was 223, okay? And, and, I, and that morning, I was real tired. I couldn't remember what the number meant. But how many remember what the number two means? It means what? Faithful witness. Everybody, put your hand right here and say, I am a faithful witness. Whew, that was weak. <laughs> Let's try it again with resurrection power. I am a faithful witness. Okay, that's what we're called to be. 
right? That was the resurrection power. He gave us this power so we could be a faithful witness. And the numbers were two, two, and three. And so two twice, that's a highlight. Anytime Jesus said, verily, verily, I say unto you, whenever he says it twice, he's trying to highlight something to us. But the number three is the number resurrection, okay? It's, it's completeness and power, okay? And so what the Lord was showing me was that number 223, as we're going into this season, as we're entering this season of supernatural provision, we are supposed to be faithful witnesses. When we see this darkness hit in someone else's life or in our lives, we're supposed to be faithful. We're supposed to be declaring God is good. This is what God says. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I'll take care of you. You're more than conquerors. We're supposed to be faithful witness. And as we do that, we're declaring his resurrection power. Okay, but I woke up in the middle. I don't know what it is, man. I mean, I get up in the middle of the night this week, and I, it was one of those days. That, in fact, it was Thursday, and um, Tori's out of town, and I'm supposed to be watching the office. And I'm, I see that the Rio Grande has dropped. It's been running really high all all winter, like 450, 500, way higher than it normally does. Well, all of a sudden this week, it just went. Whoo, Went down to like 120, and that's my that's when the fishing really gets good. And so, I told Lainey, I said, "Man, Tori's not here. I'm shutting this baby down. I'm going fishing. Let's go." And so we went down to the Rio Grande, and of course, Tori's in Mexico, right? I'm loaded all my gear up. We're getting ready to leave, and Tori calls me, and she goes, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "Oh, you know, just driving." And, She's like, driving? I thought you were at the office. You know, and so I'm busted, man. It's like, I can't get away with anything. Anyway, we get back. We had this awesome time down on the river. It was beautiful, and we just had this great time. And that night when I'm going to bed for the first time, I know God's going to speak to me in the middle of the night. I don't know why. I just know. I got up around midnight. Nothing went, you know. But I woke up in the middle of the night again, and, and all of a sudden, I look at the clock. And this time, now bear with me. This time it's 3.22. And I'm looking at it and I'm like, what are you trying to show me, Lord? And the Lord began to speak to me. It's, remember, it used to be the shower that he spoke to me, and now it's middle of the night. I don't know. Anyway, anyway he goes, you're going to go into this season of darkness. Each and every person is going to see this moment where you think, I don't know, man. Is the power gone? And we're supposed to respond in faith, Remember? But he says, what's going to bring you out of this darkness is you're going to go in declaring, I'm a faithful witness. Yeah. I know God is faithful, but coming out of this, it's going to be God's supernatural power that's going to bring us out of this darkness. And we're going to be, witness, we're going to be having a testimony as a faithful witness of this is what God did for me. Yeah. And there's going to be a provision that's going to be unbelievable. In fact... Uh, Bert was just sharing a word he had with me, uh, for me this week. And, and we're supposed to not try to limit God on what he's going to provide for you. How many of you have some kind of need in your life, whether it's financial, spiritual, a, a, a loved one, it's health, it's that only God can meet? Something you've been praying for and believing for for a long time? Well, I want you to know the enemy is discouraging people. I'm telling you right now, this is the season. Do not give up. Stand firm because God is getting ready. He's getting ready to move, and it's going to be supernatural. But we're going to have to stand in faith for that. Amen?
And so I'm encouraging you. Maybe it's a loved one you've been praying for for a long time. I just want you to understand God is getting ready to move. I got up Monday morning. I always get up early on Monday mornings to come to prayer breakfast, and, and Lainey's not up. And I've told you before, I always write her a note. And spouses, I have encouraged you to do that. If you're not going to see your spouse before you leave, make sure you're the first person they talk to. You leave them something. Make sure they know how much you love them. That's just a simple way, a little two or three line note that says, man, I love you. I'm, I'm thinking about you. And so that's just an encouragement. I know that that's been something that we've done in our marriage a long time. And it's just, anyway, I get up to do that. And, and I'm getting ready to leave. And I sit down at the counter to write this note. And Lainey has this little note sitting there to herself. Um, and it's Psalm, she said, it's Psalm 118.25. And this is going to be in the Amplified, by the way. Um, and she had a couple little notes about uh, something about prosperity and success or something and so I'm thinking I know that she studies hers in the Amplified so when I got to work I went I wrote that not, that verse down I said I'm going to look this up and and I just knew the Lord was trying to say something so I want to declare this word over you this morning I think it's it's really it's important it's out of the Amplified of Psalm 118 25 it says oh Lord so where's our attention going to him David is crying out to the Lord and he says save now we beseech you, O Lord, we beseech you now, uh, we beseech you, send now prosperity and give us success. Is that what it said in this one too? Yes. Okay, good. The Lord began, as I read that, I knew that was a word for us. As David was crying out, this is a cry for us. And he says, O Lord, save us. We're in a time of drought regionally. Okay? And, and Wayne had that card. Um, you know, the last time... When there's a young lady here in town, and the Lord, she goes to the Catholic Church, and the Lord spoke to her. We were in one of the worst droughts. We'd had our fire. We'd been evacuated uh, the next year. I believe this is when she did this. And the Lord spoke to her and said, craft this prayer and take it to all the churches and tell them to pray together. And we did. And that, you guys remember, that winter was the driest winter on record. And we started praying this. We had the wettest summer on record. And we've been 20-some years now. We have really been blessed in this little region right here with snow and moisture. I've been in the ski industry a long time, and it has changed. Well, all of a sudden, the enemy's trying to come back, and he's trying to bring this, this spiritual drought. And so David is crying out. And, and by the way, like Wayne said, grab one of those, start praying it. Start believing, declaring this prayer. But he's crying out. He says, Lord, we beseech you, save us now. Okay, we're desperate. Okay, this word beseech, it actually, I don't know about it in the Greek. I, I, I didn't look it up because it's an amplified. But it, but it means in the dictionary, it means to ask urgently and fervently for someone to do something, to plead with. So David is pleading with God, and he's saying, save us. Okay, we beseech you, O Lord, send now prosperity. And because of all the things that have happened in the church before, sometimes we're nervous about the word prosperity, but, you know, God created it, and he created it for his people. We just don't want to focus on it, right? We don't want that to be our God. We want prosperity to be something that comes as a blessing from God. But David is crying out for it, and we're crying out for it, because there's people that need prosperity right now, and they need it physically, spiritually, mentally, and emotionally. 
Okay, and David is crying out. He says, send now prosperity and give us success. Well, we're going into a season of supernatural provision, and we need success, and we're crying out, and we're, I'm challenging you to begin to declare that. Every time you see a need, every time you see something, and it, it takes your breath away, it's like, how could this happen? Start declaring this word over that and saying, this is what God says. <laughs> I don't think you believe me. <laughs> Tell you what, I want to turn it over to Romans chapter 8. I know we spent a lot of time in that, verse 31. This is back in NIV, by the way. Because I want you to hear God's heart for us. He wants to give us. He wants to provide for us. And we know in Romans 8, 28, he starts talking about this incredible thing of that I'm going to take everything in your life and I'm going to turn it for good for those who love me and are called according to my purposes. And he goes on, you've been predestined, you've been called, and we're being conformed into his image. All right, pat yourself right here again. You are being conformed right now through the power of the Holy Spirit into his image. And every time something comes along and challenges, every time we come into a season of difficult, every time we go through a trial or something, he's saying, I'm going to take this thing, I'm going to turn it, I'm going to use it, no matter how dark it looks, and I'm going to cause it to come out for good, and I'm conforming you into my image, I'm pressing you into my image, and you're going to become more and more like Jesus every day. And that's good news, isn't it? Aren't you glad you're not what you were 10 years ago? I mean, come on. So he's, he's, he sets that up in verse 30, uh, 28, and he says those things. But in 31, he says this. He asks the question. He says, what then shall we say in response to these things? That's a good question. Okay, he's just said all these things. I'm going to take these things. I'm going to turn them for good. I'm, gonna, I'm conforming you into my image. You've been predestined. You've been called. And he says, what are you going to say in response for these, to these things? If, and then he answers it like this. If God is for us, who can be against us? Now, I want you to repeat that. I'm going to say the first half of it, and I want you to repeat it, and I want it to be a declaration, okay? If God is for us, who can be against us? You got weak on the bottom half. That is a great question. That's a great response to this. If God is for you, who can be against you, Jay? Guess what? He's for us. <laughs> he created us. He died for us. In fact, the next thing he says, He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he, he's talking about the Father, not also, along with him, Jesus, graciously give us what? All things. So if God was willing to send His Son, Jesus was willing to die for us, not just so that we would have forgiveness of sin, not just so that death would no longer have victory over us, not just so we could spend eternity in heaven, but so that we could live under the resurrection power and so that we can take control of this earth and begin to take back what the enemy's stolen. Amen? Amen? That's, and says, and I'm going to give you everything. So when God says, I'm, we're moving into a season of supernatural provision, we should believe Him. Okay, because I don't know about you, but my family needs supernatural provision right now in multiple areas. It's amazing. 
We are under attack. Our body, right now in this body, I could name many, many people that are in desperate need of God right now. Families are under attack. We're going to be doing a a series on marriage and family here in a few weeks. By the way, Pastor Ricky is going to be preaching next week, so you want to make sure and be here. I think he's upstairs with kids right now, but it's going to be good, so be praying for him, okay? But there's a lot of families hurting right now. And I don't know if you're one of those or not, but I believe we're in a season where we need to start coming together and walking. And as God is is pressing us in, um, those that are on the, on the fringes are going to get picked off, I'm afraid. I really believe that because this region is so dry, if you drive out of the mountains any distance whatsoever in any direction, it's really bad. Amarillo apparently hasn't had moisture all, at least Canyon, since October. You know, there's wildfires. I was there a couple of weeks ago, there's wildfires all over the place. Uh, Clayton has had this massive wildfire. I really believe if you talk to the fire people, you know, which my son is one of them, and, and law enforcement, all these things, you know, our city right now, and wisely so, is urging all of us to put together an evacuation plan. And I believe that every community around here is, is doing that. We need to be smart. You know, we need to be wise about these things. We need to have a plan. We're going to trust God. But, you know, there's surrounding areas, and the fire people are not saying if we're going to have a fire, it's when we're going to have a fire and where it's going to be. And so I don't believe it's right up here in the top of the mountains, but I believe this region surrounding us, I think the churches need to be ready. I think we're going to be opening our doors and taking people in. And remember that we talked about there's a season of unity coming coming and I want to I want you to know something nothing unifies people greater than a horrible look at the Gulf Coast and what happened when all those tragedies took place the body of Christ and the America comes together and comes alongside of each other and there's going to be a season of supernatural provision too so so we've got to stand together right now this is a season of warfare and that's what I, I want to kind of wrap this up today. I want to talk to you about David's mighty warriors. All right. So we're going to go over to uh, First Chronicles, start in chapter 11. And we're just going to wrap up here with David's mighty warriors. Incredible story. Now, remember that Saul has now died. And um, David has become king. So I'm just going to read. And what I want you to get out of this, this picture is that the Old Testament is a classroom for us. And what God did in the Old Testament, He wants us to be able to learn those lessons. We're not under the law anymore, but we still have the, we learn the lessons from the Old Testament, right? And so David has now been anointed king. Now, There's a picture for us as a body, but I want you to understand, I'm not the king, Pastor Wayne's not the king, Jesus is the king in this picture, okay? David's the king at this point in the Old Testament, Jesus is the king, he's the head, okay? So as we do this picture of warfare, I want you to understand who the king is. Anyway, verse 1 in chapter 11, all of Israel came together to David at Hebron and said, we're your own flesh and blood. 
In the past, even while Saul was king, you were the one who led Israel on their military campaigns. And the Lord your God said to you, you will shepherd my people Israel and you will become their ruler. And so Jesus is now the picture was David was a picture of Jesus coming. Jesus is that ruler now. Verse 3, when all the elders of Israel had come to King David at Hebron, they made a covenant with them in Hebron before the Lord and they anointed David king over Israel as the Lord had promised through Samuel. So what we see is we see this nation that's been disjointed and been at war and, and, and their king has died and, and David has been raised up and all of a sudden the people are coming together. I don't even know if they know exactly why, but you know what David's first purpose was when he became king? His heart and soul was to bring the presence of God back to the nation, to the Israel, okay? He was bringing them back. He was going to bring that, that ark back. And so God is beginning. Jesus is trying to bring the presence of God back into America, Amen. all right? He's, he's trying to, to reach this generation. Pastor Wayne's talking about being in a big, big church out in Atlanta, you know, with thousands of people. Uh, the people are not hearing God's words. They're not being brought up the way we were brought up with His Word. And we've got to be, we've got to be proactive. We've got to be moving and become. We've got to start coming together. And it's not about Faith Mountain. It's not about Village Church. It's about the body of Christ coming yeah. together. And so this is a picture of what's taken place. Now, down there, I'm not going to try to read these names because it's ridiculously hard. Um, there's one guy down here in um, says he raised a spear against 300 men. He went ahead and killed them off. And then he lists all these, these great warriors. But turn over to chapter 12, verse 1. Remember, this is a picture. All these warriors are starting that they're being drawn to David. All right, and they're all coming together. They're coming from all different tribes and all different places. And they're all coming together. And I, like I said, they don't even know why exactly other than they're going to support this king. There is unity. These were the men who came to David at Ziglag while, while he was banished from the presence of Saul, son of Kish. They were among the warriors who helped in battle. Now listen to this. They were armed with bows and they were able to shoot arrows or sling stones right-handed, left-handed, didn't matter. They were descendants of Saul. Remember, Saul was a giant guy. So the picture for us, see, we've been called to be warriors for Christ, right? We're called to, to, to be a part of spiritual warfare, okay? And it says they could use either hand. They could shoot a bow either way. And I shoot a bow a lot. And believe me, you don't want me shooting it the other way, okay? <laughs> At least if you're in the area. They could sling stones. They were unhindered. And so we have weapons of warfare now. First and foremost, what's the greatest spiritual weapon we have is praise and worship. What we just did this morning, the enemy cannot stand in the presence of God's praise. That's why worship leaders are so weird, you know, because they're, <laughs> they have this special anointing, but they're just strange, you know. <laughs> Unless they have a pastor anointing, then it helps them. <laughs> but you know who got sent out in the battle first, right? So we need to be praying over our worship leaders and our, our worship teams, right? We need to be praying, covering over them, but they're unhindered, all right? And so we have warfare weapons, we have worship, we have prayer, we have declarations, we have God's Word, we have His Spirit, and we have the body of Christ working together in unity. And when we do that, 
this picture we see of David and his, his army, he brought this huge army together. Guess what? For years and years, man, they just went and annihilated the enemies everywhere they went. And they were purging the land. Verse, uh, verse 8. Another picture of these guys. These are these warriors, right? And it's a spiritual picture for us. Some Gadites deflected to David at his stronghold in the wilderness. They were brave warriors, ready for battle, and able to handle the shield and spear. I love this. Their faces were the faces of lions, and they were swift as gazelles in the mountains. These are some gnarly dudes. <laughs> okay? You see them running at you with a sword and a spear? Fear is going to take place. You're going to tremble in fear. And that's what we're supposed to be seeing, the presence of God. If God is for me, who can be against me? And that's the presence we have that we're carrying around. And the darkness is a deception. And we've got to walk together in unity. One last picture. These guys, I love it. Verse 14. These Gadites, these same guys that looked like lions, were army commanders. God is raising up right now in the body commanders. Not everybody's a commander, right? But everybody's a warrior. But he's beginning to raise up these commanders. And he says the least of them was a match for a hundred men. And the greatest of them was a match for a thousand men. So if God's raising you up to be a warrior, and he's raising you up to be a commander, it's supernatural. These guys were bad, but they weren't that bad. Okay? They had God was working in and through them because David had a vision that God had given him and he had a purpose and he was going to accomplish it. And Jesus has a vision and a purpose and he will accomplish it. And it's going to be, it's going to, I know it's starting all around our nation, but it's starting here. And we've got to be willing to stand together in unity. We've got to be, this is a time of warfare. And, and I believe that this is a time when, when you see a brother or sister and that period of darkness comes. And we're supposed to be declaring, remember that we're supposed to be declaring in faith what God is, who He is, and what He says about us. And we're, we're test going into these battles. We're, to, we're the faithful witness. And, but the resurrection power, Jesus, that's who we're talking about. But coming out of these battles, it's going to be His power. And it's, we're going to be testifying after that. Um, I want to go over to Isaiah real quick. Actually, Marcia, it's weird. This, God is just moving right now. I woke up this morning and, and <laughs> in the dark... Uh, I'm one of these little battery-operated lanterns, and I'm in, my, in the bathroom where I study, and, and, and I'm trying to read this little old tattered Bible that I have in there. That's the one I travel around. And the Lord takes me, he, I'm thinking I'm supposed to go to, to Proverbs 3, right? I mean, it's, how can you go wrong with Proverbs 3? But I open up to, to Isaiah 7, and the Lord says, stop right there and read it. And so I did. I went to Isaiah 7, and I'm going to take you there. And guess what? When I get to church this morning, we're upstairs with the intercessors, and I'm going, anybody have a word or anything? And Andrew goes, yeah, there's this story in the Bible and in the Old Testament, and it's about these smoldering stubs or something. And, and I'm going, oh, you mean Isaiah 7, the one I just read this morning. 
But what he really wanted to declare over us was Isaiah 7, uh, verse 9. And the first half of these talking about, I don't know, somebody. That's not the, the message. I didn't study it. But the second half of this verse says this. If you do not stand firm in your faith, you will not stand at all. And I believe this is a word. God confirmed it. And then Marcia shared something from verse 4 in Isaiah 7. So look at verse 4. Let's say this. Let's speak this to us this morning that God is speaking to us. Say to Faith Mountain and to the people listening, be careful. Keep calm. Do not be afraid. Do not lose heart because of these two smoldering stubs of firewood. Because God is saying, if I'm with you, who can be against you? And fear is what we cannot respond. We've got to believe. When somebody upstairs was sharing, you know, this week, it was Melinda, I think, that her car broke down. You know, a little thing. But, you know, when, when you're not where you're supposed to be and your car breaks down and you're by yourself, it can be a real big deal, right? Um, anyway, they got a hold of Andrew and he looked at it, couldn't figure it out, and they decided to step out and pray. And then they went over there, and of course, it started. They took the mechanic. They're like, I don't know. There's nothing wrong with it. You know, we hear that a lot, right, <laughs> with mechanics. I don't know. <laughs> but what the Lord's saying in this season of supernatural provision is, even in the smallest of things, if it doesn't look like it's working the way we believe God's called it to work, and you, it's hindering what you're supposed to do, don't be afraid. You know where the light is. So that darkness could be a little tiny thing. This is a season of supernatural provision. It doesn't mean you get one thing. Okay? It's not God out there handing out one little thing. It's to his people. And like Bert told me, he had a prophetic word for me from last week. And he said, tell the people, you're not even thinking nearly close big enough. It's way bigger than anything we can imagine. And we've got to start believing that for ourselves. And see, today may be your day of supernatural provision. I don't know what day it's going to be. We're in the season right now. And so I want you to just stop. I, I, I did this last week, but what do you need? And it may not be your day, by the way. It, it may be somebody else's day. But if we don't ask, we don't open our eyes and look around, we're not going to know if it's our day or not. And so, what do you need? Is it a loved one that you're standing in the gap for that you've been believing for? Is it a physical healing? Yeah, it's a physical healing. Is it financial? Is it spiritual? Is it encouragement? Is it a dream you've been clinging to for a long time, a word God gave you, and all of a sudden you just, you've run out of gas? It's like, man, I've, I've been believing for so long, and I just can't, I don't know if I can believe anymore. I'm telling you, this is the day that you say, God, I'm putting that stake in the ground. I'm believing your word. I believe you have something for me. Intercessors, would you guys come on up here if you wouldn't mind from this morning? Uh, we want to pray for you. Like I said, this may be your day. I don't know. But it's somebody's day. <laughs> We're in that season. So... If you need prayer this morning, uh, if you need somebody to agree with you for a loved one or a friend or provision, uh,
financial provision, if it's health, if it's healing. But let's, let's believe today we're going to be faithful witnesses, right? We're going to declare God's goodness. We're going to declare God's word. Start studying that word. Start studying what he says about you and who you are and the promises he has. And if that season of darkness comes, which Laney and I have been in, he's going to lead you out of it. And it's going to be way more than we can think or imagine. And so I just encourage you guys, we're going to open the altar. We're just going to spend a little time. You can pray for each other where you sit. If you want, come up and ask these guys. But, but faith that's not firm, it's not going to stand. It's a time, we're in a time of warfare and we're, I'm asking you to commit to God and commit to us that we're going to come around each other. When I see a brother or a sister or a family that's in that season of darkness, we're going to come alongside of them and we're going to lift up their arms and say, you can do this. God does have provision. So we've got to ask God to open our eyes to see that, right? The spirits will be able to see when people are in need. So I want to pray for you real quick, real quick this morning. Heavenly Father, as we just agree together this morning with your word and in the words that have been spoken, because there's a famine that, that people aren't hearing your word. They're not hearing your words as, as people are testifying. God, we're asking that you, it's not in the church, it's in the world. And so we're standing in the gap for them. But I'm asking you to begin to open our eyes, Father, that we can see the needs when there's someone that's in this, this small period, this short period of darkness, we're going to come alongside them and we're going to believe with them. So open our spiritual eyes to see those needs. Father, I believe that today is the day of supernatural provision for somebody in this building. And there's people listening on Facebook right now. This is your day. And I'm asking you to ask God. You know what your need is? Ask Him. Is this my day? I believe you. I trust you. And Lord, we're going to give you the glory. We saw a picture of your physical reign last night and this morning. And we believe that's a picture of the spiritual reign that's coming. And so we bless you. We thank you. We give you glory. I pray blessing and favor over this body, over this, this church and the people that are listening. But Father, we declare that this region, this is the Sanco de Cristo Mountains. This is the blood of Christ. This is a place of refuge. This is a place of salvation. It's a, a place and it's a season of supernatural provision. And so we thank you for that in Jesus' name. God bless you.